social conversations. Let's uh, get into our social conversation, speaking entrepreneurship and economy uh, with Gugule Tujikaba, who is the chairperson of Adamo Holdings and Amandla Omnoto. And Nongosi, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening in the new year. Good evening, Manduli, the team in the studio and the SAFM listeners. Thank you so much. So, Nongosi, 2023 has started off, and uh, what does it look like for you at Amandla Omnoto? No, thank you so much, Manduli. I think I thought today we just need to touch on some of the topics at a very high level, which topics I think at some point down the road we must begin to unpack even more. Um, So the year started, and um, we had a great time last week, actually, where we had some of our friends from Germany and some from within the country talking about uh, medicinal herbs. You know, that's a subject that I know you like so much. Um, and we're really, they, they were talking about markets. It's markets that we've opened there and markets that people must start supplying to. You know, the, 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 the European countries in the West, they are tending more towards your natural, um, you know, medical stuff alternative medicine if you want mm-hmm. to just try and tackle a lot of illnesses um among those would be your moringa that we we're touching on because it's a very big industry that you must tackle it's your rosemary your rose geranium your all sorts of uh, medicinal herbs that are very very important to different ailments so mm-hmm. we're touching on that last time and we're very happy that a lot of people actually have started packaging and um, farming and packaging and sending their stuff overseas. Not only in South Africa, by the way, but in Zimbabwe, just before the COVID pand- pandemic, we visited uh, La Rochelle in Zimbabwe, where we were talking there. Because again, we're Africans, we must work together. True. And we're looking at a lot of great work that works that they're doing over there to supply just German market. So there is a huge market for um, African medicinal herbs, and it's something we need to tap into. So this uh, virtual uh, session was, uh, I'm sure, not the last of them. You're going to be hosting more for those who who missed it because they were still in the holiday mood. Absolutely. Actually, they can even go and listen in there on our Facebook page because we were sort of recording it for some people who would like to go listen in there. And, and yeah, so we're still going to hold more virtual sessions going forward. Absolutely amazing. All right, yeah. the other things, overview on 2023 that you'd like us to look at is that of the church economy. Yes, I just addressed the Assembles of God Church here. I met Mbangen in Gwelezane. And they are listening as we speak. They really ask that I pass their regards. Uh, it's under the, the pastor, Joshua Ndebele, and his leadership. They were very welcoming. Um, so we're just talking about church economy, Manduli, because I think church is a very, very important um, part of our society. And church has done a lot of work in terms of education. You know, your mainline churches in the in the in the main, you recall, and even new churches, you know, uh, which are called charismatic or Pentecostal churches. There's a lot that church has done in our society. And I, I just think that as a person who grew up in church myself, uh, a church is just one big sleeping giant, which um, has got a lot of people who must 
be empowered. You know, you, you wonder sometimes why would uh, people come with a saying that you're as poor as church mouse. I, I don't know, Mandil, if you, you've got any, any understanding of such <laughs> as to why, why was it, why, why did, was it coined. <laughs> I would not know. Yeah, so it's the biggest institution that really gets to have a lot of people attending. And it's very beautiful to see the church awaking, waking up to um, the realities and the dynamics of the people that they service. Mm. So that we, we do not just have people who are having what's and really not actually effective. Uh, it was very nice that we dealt with that. Even going forward, it's something that we're going to look at because, um, you know, churches are such great institutions. Actually, together with traditional leadership, today I was addressing the traditional leadership of Kwazul Natal, the, the, the ex-core, the House of Traditional Leadership as well as the church. So it's it's institutions like this that we must look at and say, uh, they, they, they gather people and we must get them to empower those people more. Actually, I belong to a group uh, by one of my friends, Dr. Chamba, called Business Innovation Club on the WhatsApp. Somebody just now, uh, an hour ago, asked a question that, uh, you know, uh, actually posted over 300 or so churches and asked the question that, uh, you know, what if these were manufacturing facilities? Because some of the countries in Africa, uh, I was in DRC some time ago, there's a church in every corner, and yet poverty is rife. Oh, very similar some, to what we have in our metropolitan areas, yeah. Yeah, you know, and poverty is rife. <laughs> but then, that, that, that does that not, if we are talking church economy, um, the church is made up of the people within it, and like you mentioned, there's leadership and the whole organogram within the church. Does that not speak volumes about what is being sent out as a message from the church to its congregants, uh, to the greater community, that the church becomes a silo of its own while the rest of the community is in poverty? I mean, looking at the fact that... Uh, Churches don't really contribute to our GDP. They don't contribute to tax uh, because there has there's a an income tax uh, act of 1962 that exempts churches from paying income tax. Yes, definitely. I think this talks to, you know, in a sense, it's an indictment to the church because I think the church must be socially, politically, and economically relevant. Uh, of course, um, a lot of maybe some people may beg to differ with me because probably they, they would say, you know, teach people to go to heaven. And people live here, and people must be relevant here, and people must, um, you know, create jobs here. There, there are some of those churches which, like I've said, have woken up to that reality, and they're saying, let's teach the totality of uh, a person so that a person will be whole. I think even the Bible does say that, you know, mm-hmm. that a person must be taught in a manner that, he will be whole. And again, it talks about money. The Bible talks a lot about money. Uh, that money, amongst other scriptures, the Ecclesiastes 10:19, is the answer for everything. And uh, you've got to find a way of uh, balancing this thing up and say, church must teach its congregants. I mean, I come from the Catholic environment myself. Catholic Church is 1.2 billion members strong globally. Uh, imagine such an institution. And if you look at the collections of offerings from that institution alone, uh, Vatican and all other big churches, by the way, they can turn the situations around. I think there are institutions that we have in our society, by the way, Mandul, including the unions, 
I don't know whether you know how much millions and billions of unions collect monthly from their members. But yet we have a shedding of jobs and uh, and somewhat uh, unions have to some way fa- somehow find the, re- the relevance even in terms of helping to create more jobs than maybe complaining about them. Why are we shedding jobs? Then, because of money. Then, uh, when Uncle Kuma about economy here, right? And yes, yes, things are tough. And at least those unions are contributing towards tax. In <laughs> from the workers. Churches don't. Yeah. And the uh, yeah. uh, same can be said about traditional um, uh, leaders, but at least they don't, uh, you know, have big cohorts of people and huge buildings. Um, so uh, this church economy is quite interesting, and I'm hoping you're going to sway me in a different direction. But <laughs> yeah. uh, until they pay tax... Until we see the communities around the churches uh, being active, not being passive to the poverty of um, the people in the churches, I don't know how this church economy is going to be. Going back to Bible days, people were fed by the church. They drank at the church. That's where they got their water. That's where they got their replenishment. Now... I anglers this one tell fit abanto unless they are doing it for the Instagram. Let's move it on. <laughs> Let's just move on. So you still have a lot of work to do to convince me because right, you know, Nessa Nessa increased our um, electricity tariffs, right? And we yeah. the taxpayers are going to still be paying this. I'm not saying churches don't pay electricity. If they can afford to pay this electricity, let them also contribute towards tax, please. And then they will yeah. teach their congregants with car. We can become better for our economy and let's do a percent until they set that example. I don't think it's yeah, and, and, it, and at times, Manduri, criticism, I think, and being critical of what the church is doing and not doing is very important. Mm, because, mm. Uh, we can't just applaud something that is wrong. And you have maybe one person who becomes very wealthy and their family in the church. And uh, and the rest of the people are poor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you have instances where you will have some people having uh, to collect all tithes sure. uh, in churches and for their own sake, and they believe that it's just theirs and nobody else's, and, uh, and that's it's supposed to come to them. That's not biblical. You know, mm. so those are those are issues which are very real. And at some point, we are going to talk about church economy, and then kind of like uh, drill deeper with it and. And because, they, you know, these, these things are <laughs> We need to speak truth. Um, uh, but let, let, let's let's uh, take a quick break and then we're going to come back. The other okay, thing sure. that you want us to look at is the richest South Africans. Africans. Oh, yeah. these are the people I need to befriend. If you've got their address, <laughs> Google, please send it to me. Sure. I'll pay them a visit. A-team is we're in discussion with Unonko Si Ukukule Tujikaba, Chairperson of Adama Holdings and Amanda Omnato. We're talking entrepreneurship, but in a general overview for 2023. We've just gone through um, how Amanda Omnato opened up the year with a virtual session on medicinal herbs and how markets are open um, both locally and internationally and also not only just the markets funding opportunities within this and uh, we've just had a conversation around church economy and as you can see I'm a bit critical uh, because sure some of us are paying high tax we are paying tax on absolutely everything so we want uh, economies to be robust but it needs to translate to each and every one of us in our communities now after the break we're talking richest South Africans if you are
are one of them, you can send me a message, 0614-104-107. You and I will be best friends. But if you are not one of them and are aspiring to be, well, this is a conversation for you and you can also contact us. You can also call on 086-000-2032 or SMS on 41391. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. So in conversation with Unonkosi around an overview on business for businesses and uh, entrepreneurs this um, this new year, 2023. Um who are the richest South Africans? Your, your, your Ruperts, um, your Oppenheimers. There's a, there's a list actually that came on business tech. I think every year they always publish the richest South Africans and look at how they've done and uh, how their wealth has either grown or not grown. But obviously, rich people always get richer. Um, and it, it's very interesting to look at this uh, when you go through. I mean, amongst those will be the, the Patrice Montsepes of this world, whose riches have really uh, grown as well, even though we've just come out of the COVID, COVID pandemic and all of that. So, you know, have you ever thought about a situation, Manduli, where instead of either criticizing or talking uh, bad about rich people and labeling them and even saying white monopoly capital. I know this is very political, but which is a real phenomenon, by the way, because it's not only a South African issue, it's global. Mm-hmm. When you're talking white monopoly capital, it's happening all across the world. But it, And then maybe just to, to, to rethink how we uh, work with these rich people. And, and get them to be part of providing a solution. Because w- you can blame Rupert and WNC. I mean, generally, I always tell people, I say, where you are seated, maybe 20, 30% of the products that you are consuming, they come from one of his companies that is funded, sponsored, uh, or his part has got equity in it. You, you see these guys, they really make use of their money and they buy assets all over. You can blame them however you want, but it's a it's a system of capitalism that is here with us and it's never gonna go away. Even politicians they will start and blame them and say all sorts of things, but behind the scenes they go ask for donations as they are going towards elections. So I, I'm I'm saying probably we need to find a way of engaging these rich people and say what solutions can be brought about in this country, uh, hoping that they are altruistic. And they're looking after the interest of not just themselves, but the country. I mean, if you are already rich with billions, what are you going to, you've got only one bed to sleep in, in one house. You can't sleep and be, you know, omnipresent. Somewhat, there has to be probably a way of engaging them. It's just my view, Mantuli. Probably the, the, the listeners may have a different view to what are I'm saying. Are they willing to be engaged, though? Because if they were willing to engage, um, to be engaged, they've been, some of the names we mentioned have been rich way before uh, 1994. And when, uh, you know, things came that we are now um, emancipating the greater South Africans, specifically black South Africans, introducing uh, BE, they should have put their foot forward in a very robust way. And maybe... I mean, we, what, three decades into democracy? We shouldn't be where we are right now. It's still saying that they are the richest and the gap between them and the rest of us is so huge. Tell me about somebody that that would testify and say, I've gone to one of these rich guys. They are arrogant. They don't want to be engaged. I, uh, I, I, I don't know any. 
I yeah, you see, I that, don't know that, that, which friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing for me. That's the thing. It's always what I tell entrepreneurs to say. Please, when you hear that uh, these institutions don't give out money, have you put out any business plan? Tried it? Don't just sing the chorus because other people are saying. It's like saying Mantuliatarata. And everybody's gonna is gonna believe what I'm saying. Believe what you want, but no. But honestly, Nongkosi, I mean, when we are talking, what impact have they done? We know their names, we know their brands. Yes, they create jobs um, because those jobs are needed to create their businesses. But what have they done that is noticeable in the past thirty years? Yeah, um, I, I, it's a big question. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't have an answer uh, to it. But so let's look at I, that in, in yeah, our next let, conversation. Let's. Look we are going to look at that. I think done? we're going to we're going to research and find out what have they done, and we're going to engage them this year, and do believe let's you do me. That. Because Mina, <laughs> when someone says Nongosi, what has Nongosi yeah. done? Ah, yeah. Mina, there's a lot of things I can say that you have done to emancipate entrepreneurs. Yes, because I've yes. known you for years. I've known the work that you do at Amandla Omnoto. I can mention yes. different industries. I will vouch for you. But Bon, yes. I know their names. And Angazi Lut, Lut, Lut. You Facebook, Lut. No, I don't cause educators on these rich people before. I'm not saying let's believe the negative hype, but let's, before we want to engage someone, let's yes. see if that person is engageable and if they are that willing to come to our level and teach us or are they holding this wealth for themselves and their generations? Yes, true. Mm. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. We'll really try and do some homework on that because we must get to know these people better. Of course, some of them are very much far off our, you know, uh, psyche, but we just have to try and find out, you know, exactly what you're saying. Okay. Uh, as we close off, uh, entrepreneurs must plan accordingly for this year. It's going to be a turbulent one, isn't it? Indeed, a turbulent one. You just mentioned the uh, the NERSA granting uh, 18.65 target 5 to ESCOM. I mean, it's makes of a government that doesn't seem to care for its people. Do you know, there's outlets, Manduli, which uh, chicken outlets that uh, are known, which are no longer having a chicken. You know, it's difficult to buy chicken because uh, I was reading and trying to analyze the situation. It all owes itself to the low chain because it's it's just a chain reaction backwards in terms of uh, how the the, the, the chicken brought the broilers are brought about so we are in a, we're in trouble but I think uh, South African entrepreneurs uh, you know wh wherever there are challenges like this turbulent situation like this we must always try and, and see the silver lining and see the positive out of it probably the opportunities are bound now for us to be more creative and innovative from the energy point of view, I know there's just energy transition. Sometimes I'm critical of it because now here in Richards Bay, where I am right now, the trucks that are moving in, taking your highest calorific coal value, which means the, the, the coal with highest burning uh, content, you know, it's going out the country and they are leaving us with great seed to burn in ESCOM, which ESCOM is failing. So we, we, we somehow we need to find uh, you know, positives out of this, maybe as entrepreneurs, look at biomass issues, circular economy issues, which are gonna, we are going to look more deeper into going forward. And, pr and food production. In one of your sister uh, stations, I spoke about Netherlands, a smallest country to South Africa with about 7.17.6 million people, which is 26 times smaller than our country, but the second 
largest exporter of food uh, with, uh, with the earnings of about $100 billion. And yet, it's a country that is not endowed like us as we are in South Africa. So what are we doing wrong? We're doing so many things wrong, but we still need to keep that positive spirit and say we can turn the corner somewhat. Intra-Africa trade as well. This is the very, very important element of our growth, which is a pillar for us to look outside of our borders as South Africa, as entrepreneurs as well. Okay, so we need to really, but uh, we need to really plan. But also, I think we we need to start thinking outside of the box, Google, and maybe coming together and helping each other. Uh, there's a, there's a business person who was you know crying and saying things are so tough um, with this load shedding uh, that his yeah. inverter cannot keep their cold room at the correct temperature. So all the meat went rotten, and yeah. he's lost money. He's lost money. Um, mm. and, and he does not know whether to close the restaurant or not. Very true. I mean, funeral parlors, uh, you know, and, and everybody else is just suffering. And uh, I can talk of our small firm right now. We've lost a lot of money. And uh, But this is what I'm saying about our government. Our government has serious problems. There's no doubt about them. And they must, you know, as we are going to, towards voting them next year, we're going to think about them. It's very important for them to know that uh, we can't have a government that doesn't seem to care for us as society and seem to fail because we have entrusted them with power mm. to say, do something better. I mean, the leadership is just uh, pathetic. Well, Nongos, uh, let's close it at that. At least you've given us an overview of what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a very interesting one. Um, yeah, let's on on some of these, you know, conversations. Can I ask that we have someone like the church economy, someone from the church, to also yes. represent themselves um, alongside yourself, uh, richest South Africans? Please invite Thank one you. of the rich South Africans, or at least yeah. the banker <laughs> of a rich South African, or an accountant <laughs> of a rich South African, who's all just so understand that you know <laughs> we'll be talking out of line don't go see give us your social handle medias um for um for amanda not it's amanda omnoto.co.za they can contact us there and uh, on twitter Traba underscore google to instagram google dot g dot Traba and the www.amandaomnoto.co.za excellent thank you Nongosi. until next time a good evening to you Good evening, Manduli. Thank you. It's 11 o'clock. Let's go to Greg Horace with the news. Good evening, Greg.